Welcome to the Organic Wine Podcast. Hi, this is Adam Huss coming to you from Los Angeles. I hope I got your attention with the title of this episode of the Organic Wine Podcast. The title, in case you missed it, is Natural Wine is Bullshit. I also want to point out that there's a bit of irony in that I'm speaking from the inside as one who makes or aspires to make what some would consider to be natural wine. I don't usually do editorial style commentary like this, so let me give a brief setup. We released our first wines under the Centralis label this fall. It was a terrible time to start a winery or any kind of business really, fall of 2020. Uh, but hey, I've never done this before, so I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> hey, it's all its all just, you know, roses and dandelions and sunshine, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, I've started going around giving samples of our wines to various wine shops around Los Angeles, you know, the sales part of the business. And I've had some really interesting conversations with shop managers and owners who interface with the natural wine drinking public, and some common and troubling themes emerged. So this episode is an attempt to address the alarming trends I've become aware of. And if you hang in there, you'll hopefully see that it actually fits with the overall theme of the Organic Wine Podcast. The fad of natural wine has some serious problems. And hey, that's all okay with me. Everything has problems. I just did an episode about some of the problems of organic. But let's not pretend that natural wine is superior, morally speaking, because of its priorities or in any other way. I actually think its priorities are out of whack, even with its own values. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just jump in. Look, I can say a lot of good things about natural wine, and most of the time I do. But this isn't one of those times. So here are four reasons why natural wine is bullshit. Number one, the attention given to sulfites is utter and complete bullshit. Whether a winemaker adds sulfites to a wine has absolutely no impact on anything in the world. It's a purely philosophical choice that arises from some ethos of purity that at times honestly has become a little Nazi-esque. Sulfites have no impact on the environment, the carbon footprint of the supply chain, nor the health of the drinker. I'll come back to that last one. But the point is that sulfites are meaningless to pretty much everything that is important in the production and consumption of wine, except your philosophical prejudice against them. You know what part of wine does have a massive impact on everyone and everything in the world? The way the grapes were farmed. And the great tragedy of natural wine is that it has trained a whole generation of new wine drinkers to again focus on the winemaking instead of the wine growing. The average natural wine consumer who goes into a wine bar or shop is going to ask, did they add sulfites rather than did they grow it organically, ethically, and equitably? Of course, organic farming is one of the tenets of natural wine, but that has almost been forgotten. And it can never be assumed. It should never be the unspoken and understood basis for natural wine. It should be the primary focus. A zero-zero wine is not natural wine. Only a 000 wine qualifies to be natural wine. There are three zeros in natural wine, and without the first zero, the other two zeros, the two everybody talks about, are pointless. The first zero is no synthetic chemicals in the vineyard. Organic farming is the foundation without which you cannot have natural wine. Honestly, if you used Roundup in the vineyard, I couldn't care less about your native fermentations, no filtering, and no sulfites. Your natural wine is a joke. And maybe we even need a fourth zero, zero exploitation. 
If your pet gnat was made from grapes that were grown by indentured servants, it doesn't deserve the honor of being called wine, let alone natural wine. And yeah, I'm looking at you, Italy and South Africa. But all of us better realize that if we're buying, you know, I'm not just Italy and South Africa, if we're buying natural wine from California and expect it to be cheap, we better be really sure that the economics make sense for everyone involved. Because someone is paying the price if you aren't. Now let me go back to sulfites and their impact on a wine drinker. Once and for all, no, you don't have a sulfite allergy. The reaction that you think is from sulfites is actually from histamines that occur naturally in wine or maybe from the alcohol. I mean, how much did you drink anyway? The truth is that only a fraction of a percentage of the population has a legitimate allergic reaction to sulfites. If you haven't been tested by a spe specialist and your allergy confirmed, you don't have one. Now, look, I'm not advocating that we add sulfites any more than I'm advocating that we should not add them. My point is that they have no impact on the world. And the outsized importance that they have in the philosophy of natural wine, especially on the extreme edges, is utterly absurd. Hey, I, I know I'm not the first to weigh in on this debate, and there's some hypocrisy here in spending so much time talking about this issue when I'm arguing that we should pay less attention to it. I guess I'm, I just think it's such a tragedy that we've taken the eyes of the consumer off the truly important connection that should be made by wine to the farming. And that's why I'm talking about it on this podcast as the number one reason natural wine is bullshit. But now let's go on to number two. <laughs> number two, a flaw is a flaw and calling a flaw a feature is bullshit. Sure, when you're young, you'll drink anything and you may even get used to it and like it. But I'm not going to start saying that wine that tastes of vinegar, smells of sewage and has a finish of rodent is not flawed. It is. Wine that smells and tastes bad is actually bad wine. I've been making wine as a home winemaker since 2007 and commercially since 2019. Over the years, I've learned a lot. And the way I learned was by making mistakes. I've made lots. I've made a lot of bad wine. And you know how I knew when I made a mistake? The wine tasted and or smelled bad. That's why we sniff a milk carton that has reached its expiration date. <laughs> Our sense our senses have evolved to alert us to something that is spoiled. You can call that sewage smell funky, but it doesn't change the fact that you're detecting an excess of hydrogen sulfide and or other highly toxic gaseous sulfur compounds. And sure, a tiny bit of acetic acid and other volatile acids may add a sweet aroma and elevate some of the flavors of wine. Great. But when it tastes sour from it, when a wine is on the verge of being vinegar, I just want to encourage the winemaker to bottle some salad dressing rather than try to pawn it off as wine. And mouse taint. <laughs> what a great word. <laughs> I just think about mouse taints. Anyway, mouse taint is probably my favorite flaw. It's like the opposite of a refreshing finish. The wine smells pretty good. You get some delicious fruit as soon as it hits your palate and then boom. You can't taste anything but an animalistic, chalky, almost urine-tinged finish that wipes out any of the upfront goodness. You can philosophically rationalize the existence of these flaws in wine and others by saying that our palates evolve and taste is subjective. And you can call me names and say that I'm an unenlightened sheep of industrial winemaking for criticizing these flaws. And you can even point to people who prefer these flavors. But I think that many of these justifications are really just rationalizations for a very narrow and misguided idea of winemaking. When we have the understandable motivation to not want to have to pour a heartbreaking 10 barrels of a mistake down the floor drain. Let me explain. 
minimal minimal intervention is a great idea. But let's be honest. The truth is that winemaking is not natural. It is an agricultural and cultural act. It is necessarily a choice to intervene in a myriad ways in a myriad natural processes. And please ask yourself, why have we intervened in this process for millennia? Why do we cultivate vineyards and stomp grapes and activate carbonic maceration and age wine and amphora or neutral oak or cement eggs? It's not because those things result in wine naturally in nature without humans. We do those things to make good tasting wine. And I would argue that means wine without flaws. Viticulture is a good analogy. Doing nothing is not regenerative organic viticulture. If you want to grow a vineyard biodynamically, organically, and regeneratively, it actually involves more work and more careful attention than conventional viticulture. So why do we think that natural winemaking is doing nothing? Why are we okay with intervening in all the innumerable ways we natural winemakers manipulate nature to make natural wine, except at the exact point where that intervention could prevent flawed wine? That's bullshit. I don't want to give any more airtime to sulfites, but I will say that there are a couple completely natural additives that, if judiciously and sparingly used at the right moments, when necessary, protect the natural flavors of wine rather than adulterate them and prevent most, if not all, of these common flaws. I am definitely not suggesting that winemaking should follow a recipe, but I am strongly suggesting that good winemaking should acknowledge that what's in the bottle is extremely important to most people, and the average wine drinker can't taste a philosophical rationalization. And I'd argue, actually, that we are betraying all of the hard work and amazing values that goes into a well-grown and well-made natural wine if we let a philosophical prohibition against those minimal additives to ruin, yes, ruin, a batch of otherwise good wine with an easily preventable flaw. The unfortunate thing, honestly, is that those flaws have become synonymous with natural wine. And that, in turn, has likely relegated natural wine as we know it to being pretty much a generational fad that will pass as soon as someone influential enough admits that the emperor we- emperor is not wearing clothing, or when the people who are drinking flawed wine grow tired of it or can afford better wine. And as soon as they do that, you can bet they'll throw the baby out with the bathwater too and begin to blame the organic farming behind natural wine since these nuances about sulfites and yeast hulls is lost on pretty much anyone who doesn't make wine. That's exactly what happened to organic wine 20 years ago or so. People didn't know that the labeling laws don't allow you to add sulfites if you put the words organic wine on a label. They only knew that the wine tasted like shit, sometimes literally. And so a generation of wine drinkers have associated organic wine with flawed wine because they there weren't sulfites in it and flaws developed. Do we really want to make that same mistake again? I think the association of organic wine with delicious wine is far more important than any philosophical prohibition I have against adding a half a teaspoon of sulfites to 60 gallons of wine. Why? Because organic agriculture actually matters. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk more about sulfites, but there you go. Now, this association by the consumer of natural wine with flaws brings up my third point about why natural wine is bullshit. And I promise these last two points are not as long-winded as the first two. Number three, natural wine has become more about a style of wine than the principles and values behind it. It's gotten to the point 
when most people think of orange wine or pet nats or co-ferments or anything aged in amphora, they now think that they are thinking about natural wine. The truth is that those are styles of wine and that have nothing inherently to do with natural wine. You can make any one of those, an orange wine, a pet nat, any, anything like that, in a way that would violate every single requirement of qualifying as natural. However, the average consumer of natural wine not only thinks that being a pet nat is all that it takes to be natural, but they'll also turn their nose up at a Zinfandel made by a producer like Ridge, for example, which often meets pretty much every requirement of being natural. Natural wine is not a style of wine. It is a set of guidelines for growing and making any style of wine. Well, I'm actually wrong, because it has become a style. And in becoming a style, it has trained consumers not to care about what it's really supposed to be about. So now to many people, it's pretty much only a style, and therefore, it's really just a sales gimmick. And that's why it's bullshit. Seriously, let's not pick on Cameron Diaz. To the average consumer, her quote-unquote clean wine is completely interchangeable with what natural wine has become. And actually, she's at least promoting the organic agriculture behind her wine, so props to her. And now, drumroll, the final reason, at least for this episode, that natural wine is bullshit. Number four, your natural wine from Georgia has a massive carbon footprint. (laughs) And I don't mean to pick on Georgia. Natural wine aficionados love new wines from any far-flung places. Japan, Armenia, Austria, Sicily, Lebanon, Bolivia, etc. You get it. The more obscure the origin of the wine, the cooler I am for drinking it. I was in a natural wine bar in Los Angeles recently, uh, where less than 20% of the buy the glass options were from California or anywhere in the U.S. And honestly, when you consider what the natural wine ethos is supposed to be, that's absurd. Natural wine should be drunk locally, out of kegs. Wine moving around locally, in glass bottles, already has a pretty big carbon footprint. It's a liquid in a heavy glass bottle, and it moves often a minimum of five times via burning fossil fuels before it reaches your glass. Now, if it's imported, add to those miles all the moves it has to make in its country of origin before it gets to port, and then a long diesel-fueled sea voyage. That's a lot of carbon. So when you're sipping your Meinklang, don't feel too cool. You just help them make the world hotter. Look, we import coffee, tea, and spices from other countries because they don't grow well here, for the most part. That isn't true of grapes. In fact, grapes grow really well here. North America has 25 species of grapevines compared to one in Europe and Central and Asia. If we invested as much time, money, and energy in discovering and developing the wines from local indigenous grapes of America as we do in importing and drinking indigenous grapes of everywhere else in the world, we'd probably have a really amazing indigenous wine culture right here. So there you go. That's my editorial slash rant, I guess, on why natural wine is bullshit. The truth is that I love natural wine. Um... But I love it because of its values and its values of equitable, organic farming and its respect for the fact that we humans can't really make the best wine. We can only carefully observe and gently guide a wild and constantly changing process. In the best farming, in my opinion, and the best winemaking, we're merely microbe shepherds. And that's a beautiful and humbling truth. So let's go out there and make some organically and equitably grown delicious natural wine. Thanks for listening. If you hated everything that I had to say here, please let me know. You can email me at adam at centraliswine. That's adam, my name, 
at C-E-N-T-R-A-L-A-S-Wine.com. And if you want to read my blog post about how to make natural wine less BS, go to centraliswine.com, click the blog link, and search True Wine. Cheers! Cheers!